Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I am Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we have reached day four of Head Coach Rankings Week. Uh, before we get into the list here, quick reminder, we do have a Patreon if you want to support our content. That's uh, the best way to do it. We You get a bonus episode every month. You get access to our Discord chat where we're talking college football all year long. And uh, you can get that for $5 a month at patreon.com slash college football bros. So we'd really appreciate that. Uh, but let's get into the Pac-12. Ryan, who is... Lucky number 12. Yeah, very common. Lucky number 12 here. We got Jed Fish, uh, new coach at Arizona. It's tough to judge. Uh, he's, uh, he's been moved around a lot in his career. He hasn't been at more than one spot for like more than a few years in there, but, uh, his last stop was QB coach over in New England, but his last college job was the uh, 2017. He was at UCLA's, uh, he was UCLA's office of coordinator, of course, with, uh, the chosen Rosen, um, which of course was the year where they had that amazing game against Texas A&M, where they made that massive uh, comeback. Yeah, right. Uh, trivia, trivia. Anybody remember the final score of that game? Oof, mm. tough one. I know, but um, forty-five, forty-four. I don't know. Hey, oh, he got it. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I, 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 yeah, I knew that. I was like, you guys played that. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Of course, wow. it, was, it was honest. I pr- honestly, before I saw that, I was I thought I was going to guess like forty three, forty two, or forty two, forty one. But wow, to you, Mike. Uh, anyways, it's hard to get super excited about Jed Fish just because of he ha- he's not a sexy hire. Um, not a lot of people know who he is, uh, which doesn't bode well. Uh, but. <laughs> It could end up being great. You just never know. All these coaches, you never know it could pan out. So, but he's kind of an easy choice for 12. Yeah. And moving on to a guy that we thought was easy last year, uh, number 11, Carl Durrell of Colorado. And I'll admit, you know, I, last year I scoffed at the hire. It was, it was kind of out of left field. Not a lot of people predicted that he would be the, the head coach there. Uh, but to his credit, Last season was a surprise and pretty successful, four and two. Uh, but again, it's only one partial year uh, as a head coach, and, and since, or at least since his UCLA days over a dozen years ago, and that wasn't exactly the most successful stint back then. Uh, he's going to have to have another good year in my eyes for me to start having him climb on our list. And only had the 64th ranked recruiting class this year, so he's going to need to have to develop that talent for the Buffs to uh, improve. Yeah, yeah, he was a, a dead last last year, and now he's an eleventh, but you could argue higher. So that's that's a, yeah. a good year one. Yeah. Uh, but number ten is my favorite coach, USC's Clay Helton. Is he? Uh, and the team has just, of course, not been anywhere near a, a top ten level the last three or four years. And he had a couple years in there that were really down in recruiting, so that that really hurts when you're trying to compete for playoffs like USC would like to be. Um, but I don't think he needs to necessarily be any lower than, than 10th because it hasn't been all bad. Like his first full season, USC finished ranked third in the country, won the Rose Bowl. Uh, the next year they, they went to the Cotton Bowl. So it hasn't been totally unsuccessful. And when you look at his Pac-12 records outside of that down 2018, it's actually pretty good. A lot of six and two, seven and one. So, um, but still, I mean, I'm not trying to make the argument he's done a good job. It's just maybe not quite as horrendous as, uh, Maybe you would think. 
Yeah, and last year was pretty fortunate. I mean, what they went, you know, guys, USC went about five and zero in Pac-12 play, but I mean, they had a couple of miraculous <laughs> wins. Very- yeah, it was it was one. It was a five and one, but the way you go five and one is so important. Yeah. We we looked like. Hardly yeah. a top 25. Yeah, I, I, us bros, we would have texts and Michael was, you know, they were happy, he was happy that USC won, but at the same time was like disappointed because that means just Clay Helton's gonna stay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind like, of the worst possible way to go. Yeah, it was. It was. Exactly. Uh, alright. Uh, let's move on here to, uh, Crosstown Rival. Uh, number nine, we got, uh, Chip Kelly, uh, over at USC. I mean, of course, when he was hired, a lot of folks thought this was the home run hire, and it, it kind of was, uh, you know, even I though... I thought it was a grand slam. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was in the minority. Um, but it hasn't been good. Three straight losing seasons uh, there. Uh, that's not nothing, That's not very good, especially when he took over a program from Jim Mora that was routinely going to bowl games, and he took over a team that I think went 6-6 six and six before uh, Chip Kelly got there, so... You know, he's, he's taken that program to new lows here recently. Um, and the recruiting, eh, not good at all. You thought that that would be pretty solid. Hey, we got a, you know, exciting new coach in LA, lot to offer. Nah, not so much. Uh, I will say though, this year should be a improved year. I mean, it needs to be. This is a pivotal year for him. Three straight years, not that great, but last year they were better. They showed some, some improvement. Um, but this year there's no excuses ton of returning production qb with experience it's put up or shut up he if they don't win a bowl game this year i don't see how you can keep him yeah this this kind of reminds me of he's kind of the scott frost of the of the pac-12 because they were both hired at the same time both were pretty much every top program wanted them um and both have similarly underachieved at least with chip kelly like you said they've got hope for next year there was there was improvement last year and hey, number one whoa, in the, whoa whoa nebraska didn't have hope for next year <laughs> i would say ucla has more hope because I agree. they're number one in the power five in returning production so i don't know yeah i think i think that we'll be thinking a little bit higher of, of him next year because i i'm i'm thinking they'll have a little bit of success but it's going to be interesting to see if they do have on-field success can he parlay that off the field into recruiting next offseason yeah, a lot, like, a lot of the year after when they lose a lot of production i know a lot, a lot well. to play out but but we'll see it'll be interesting uh moving on to number eight we got, we got justin wilcox of cal I actually had him ranked a little bit better than this but i'll admit last year's one and three record wasn't ideal even though they did have some COVID logistics to, to navigate, but he has improved them from five wins in his first year to eight a couple years later. And they, they're right at this point where they have a chance to, to be the best team in the Bay Area and finally dethrone Stanford from, you know, being the, the king of the, the hill for, uh, for over a decade, it seems about now. I get the, personally, I get the sense that Wilcox is ranking next year really, really hinges on how successful this upcoming season goes. I think more so compared to other coaches on this list, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think he's a, a candidate to potentially rise on this list. Um, their recruiting finally picked up this past year. He had a very good uh, recruiting class, so that was nice to see. Um, but I guess he's he's down this far on the list just because on the field, they're 11-20 and 20 in Pac-12 play since he got there. So it's... It's hard to have him much higher at this point, at least. Yeah, he's eleven and twenty, but 
he's 21 and 21 overall, which means he's 10 and 1 in the non-conference. So, okay. What do you got to well, say about go. that, Michael? Well, that helps. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's why he's not 11th on the list, I guess, right? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with Michael here. I mean, he's, he's done an okay job, but I mean, like, it's the same level of Sonny Dykes, really. It, this hasn't gotten any better. He's not winning big time games. He's, you know, eight was his great, greatest year. He hasn't had a winning season in the Pac-12. Four and five is his best year there. So he still has a lot to prove. I, I think he could, but you can't have him much higher than this yet maybe a few slots i i respect it trey uh <laughs> we go to number seven nick rolovich at washington state i had him fifth i was i was pretty high on him just because he did a great job at at hawaii uh built them back up they were struggling before he took over and of course you could see his fingerprint on the offense that that's why they were good and that's that's what he does um, and I give him somewhat of a pass, kind of like Cal last year, because in in his case, because he was a new coach in a COVID offseason. That that was that's just always tough. Always tough. Every time there's COVID and there's there's <laughs> an off season, it's uh, tough. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, I mean, for every coach, it was tough. Though. Yeah, every new coach. Yeah, I I actually had him lower. I think about tenth, and and it's weird because I really like Rolovich. Like watching, I love watching Hawaii play, and what he did to get them back relevant was was really fun to watch. And and I still do think he's a perfect fit for Pullman and Wazoo. His style, his personality. But you know, last year the there was some bad publicity with the when he some of his comments about the Pac-12 players movement. Yeah. Um, and then I just started to weigh that because I do think that the Pac-12 this upcoming year has a really good chance to have its best year in a while. And I just don't see the Cougs being in the mix of that this upcoming year. So that's why I kind of moved them down a little bit. But I still like it. Yeah. This this middle group in the Pac-12 from, you know, three to ten or so, you really could mix up in a lot of ways, kind of similar to the ACC. So, yeah, I mean. The guys we've we've just listed, Wilcox, Rolovich, Chip Kelly, you could easily have them higher. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, number six here, which is uh, Jonathan Smith uh, from Oregon State. I was a bit ambitious, I admit, on his on Jonathan Smith here. I had him third, uh, but hey, I got to look at what he did. He's done at Oregon State, with, considering what he took over. He took over a program that was really in shambles. I mean, Gary Anderson. Left that program just terrible. They went one and eleven, uh, and ton of talent left. They transferred. There was just nothing there for him. And then two years later, he goes five and seven, and he's just like a play away from making a bowl game. I thought that was a remarkable achievement. Then this past year, I know they went like two and five, but I have to say that was a very good two and five. There's a difference. He yeah. almost won every single game. Yeah. Every single game was within two scores. It was like thirteen points or less. They were competitive every single game, which is a major accomplishment. So, yeah, he's only won nine games in three years. Uh, you know, it might have been a little bit more than that if it wasn't for a seven-game total season here. But I, I think in a vacuum, like Michael likes to say, I think he's done a great job. I think you've given him a situation like Clay Helton's had at U, uh, USC. I think he would do a far better job. So, I don't know, I'm high on him. I think he's a great coach overall. Yeah, after the top two, after which we'll get to, it was it was hard to slot anybody third. So I think Jonathan Smith's a reasonable choice. I had him a few slots lower, but um, like you say, he's made them a lot more competitive quickly. I guess I just yep. 
I want to see. I mean, they have a lot of returning production this year. So if he yeah. has another, you know, five, six, seven win season, uh, you know, then he'll he'll jump up. Yep. All right. So that leads us to number five, David Shaw of Stanford. And here's a guy I put I put third, and I I've honestly never really been that high on David Shaw, just because we've talked about it before. He he took over Jim Harbaugh's program, and he but he did kind of keep it rolling and for the for here I just I pretty much ended up giving him the career achievement nod I, I think his stability kept him higher than others for me um just because I, I like you said Michael I found it really really difficult to to rank this middle tier in the Pac12 and he has a, a great overall record built up a lot of goodwill and a couple years ago they went 4 and 8 looked like the rug was slipping from underneath him but they did have a lot of injuries. They bounced back for a reasonable four and two last season. So I just think that 2021 is a very pivotal, pivotal year in my eyes. And he's at a crossroads. It is a pivotal year. And I guess I'm just sort of making the jump and assuming that they're not going to be that great this year, just because yeah, they were four and two last year, but they were 60th and SP plus. So it was kind of a lucky four and two. They were lucky. Yeah. The easy schedule, some close wins. Um, so I, I don't know. I just see the program slipping year after year for, for kind of a few years running. Um, and so when you let a, a great stable program recede into what I think is mediocrity, that, that will jump you down the list for me. Yeah, I agree with you, Michael, on that one. I mean, he did keep it going for a little bit while there, but it's just been a steady decline and, you know, they, they're not, at all what they used to be. Uh, the, the Jim Harbaugh days are completely gone. Uh, those coattails are gone. Yeah. Okay. Number four on our list is Jimmy Lake of Washington. And I think we all loved this hire when it happened. He was, you know, a rising star as a, as a D coordinator. It was only a matter of time before he got a, a good job. And of course, Chris Peterson stepping down, um, presented that opportunity. I actually feel a little bit worse about him now than I did at the time of the hire, just because I guess a few different things. One, I'm I'm not super confident in his coordinator hires, in particular the offensive coordinator John Donovan. Just it wasn't didn't seem to me like a very inspired hire. Now he's also losing Pete Kwiatkowski to Texas, so we'll see how the the defense handles that. And he went three and one last year, but it was a, a very very weak schedule, of a pretty yeah. unimpressive three and one. So we'll see. I mean, it's he's still fourth on this list because. Kind of, I kind of believe in him, but it was, it's not a super promising start, even though it's a brief start. Yeah, I, I, I had him a spot or two lower than I had last year as well. Uh, but that's not really me saying I don't think he could end up being successful. Uh, you know, he did win North after all. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, didn't have to play Oregon, but yeah. Hey, well, you know, he did he it. Got it done. Got it done. But also just the fact that he's done, been such a great coach, uh, for UW. He's one of the reasons why UW was, you know, UW under Chris Peterson because of what he did with the secondary and that defense. So, um, you know, yes, on field production wasn't greatest. Can't say it was bad. Um, and then the recruiting, maybe an elite, but still good. So jury's still out on him. No doubt about it. Yeah. If he can get the offense to have just match some of that defense's success, then I think he'll be very relevant in the Pac-12 for a while. Yep. Yep, that's true. Uh, all right here, let's move on to our number three. We have Herm Edwards from Arizona State. Um, obviously, when we uh, 
Herman was first hired, we had him at a probably at a distant twelfth uh, on what on, would have been on this list, and he's proved everybody wrong. Really, well, at least proved us wrong. Uh, he's done a good job. I think I everybody. Call it a good I don't job. think we were. Yeah, we weren't alone. No, no, we weren't alone on that one. It was kind of like what Herm <laughs> Edwards, but. Uh, yeah, 17 and 13 overall, 11, 11 in conference. So if you look at those numbers, okay, you're not, you know, Todd Graham had some success before, um, but he has done a good job. I still think the program's in better shape than it was towards the end of Todd Graham's tenure here. His recruiting has gone pretty solid. Um, and he's building up the program. I feel like in the right way, he's been young on the field the last couple of years. And this year it's kind of proving to that point where 2021, Jaden Daniels, followed by a, a defense that's going to have a lot of experience. So this should be his most talented, maybe his best team that he's had. We'll see if it pans out, but things are pointing in the right direction as far as, hey, they should win, you know, maybe eight plus type games this year and uh, maybe take that next step. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. I will say, I think Herm Edwards being third says more about this group of Pac-12 coaches than it does about him because if if we we're doing the if he was in the Big Ten or the SEC, he might be lucky to be top ten, and that's that's not exaggerating. I, I looked at those lists. Well, we had Sam Pittman tenth for the SEC. We had him eleventh in the in, in FCC. Yeah. Uh, spoiler eleventh. Oh, oh, sorry, I said <laughs> I haven't released that episode, but <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, sorry, <laughs> just <laughs> spoiler <teaser>. alert. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean. I, I don't know who I'd rather have between those two. It, it's a debate. It's hard to say. But anyway, uh, you made a good point about Todd Graham before him. Cause like, so with Herm Edwards, 500 in the Pac-12 so far, whereas Todd Graham was well over 500. Uh, and Herm, the thing he gets a lot of credit for is recruiting. And, and I've said that before too. Like he, how, how great he's doing in recruiting. I actually look back at Todd Graham's classes and in general, they were a little bit better than, than Herm Edwards. <laughs> so it's just, it's, but I did put Herm Edwards third, so I'm like arguing against him, yeah. but he's done solid, he's done fine, yeah. and it does seem to be culminating this year where they're like top 20 projected in SP+, so, I mean, he's, he's done a good job. And that just speaks to his charisma, his aura, there's just, um, you know, a, a general happy feeling around him, so he, that, that, that gives, uh, some benefit to him, and he's easy to root for, so, will be fun to follow him this upcoming year. Alright, moving on to, a clear-cut top two, and really I wouldn't have argued either way if we interchanged these, but number two is Kyle Whittingham of Utah. And I'm just really amazed at how consistent he's been, and almost every year Utah is, is relevant. You thought that might slip when they joined the Pac-12, uh, but more often than not, they're they're in the mix. They won the division a few times. They're consistently ranked. He has an 11-3 and record in bowl games. Uh, and then the thing that I appreciate about him that, that shows how well he, how good he is at developing talent is that they consistently finish ranked higher than what their corresponding recruiting rankings are, uh, which is usually in the, in the thirties in that regard. So I'm a big Whittingham fan. Yeah. He's just very solid. The only, they had a little bit, a couple years when they joined the PAC 12, I think a couple five and sevens in there maybe, but since then they've been great and. He's, he's very much like in that Kirk Ferentz, Pat Fitzgerald mold, you know, just at a program that it's not super easy to have success, but he consistently does it. Yeah, I compare him more a little bit to the uh, Gary Patterson, uh, but even better, maybe necessarily, just because, you know, Kirk Ferentz, Pat Fitzgerald, 
programs that have been in that conference for their duration. Uh, you know, you go to uh, Kyle Whittingham. He had to go from Mountain West to, you know, up in, up in class here to the Pac-12. And you had two, like you said, two years within five and seven. But then ever since, it's just been, you know, he's boom, right near the top. So um, he's coached 200 games there overall. He's 134 and 66, had an undefeated season, um, winning record and since joining the Pac-12 great competition so um he's done a great job no doubt about it yeah gary patterson was a better comparison so that was pretty <laughs> messed up to just one up me right there you, you could have just been like yeah, it was yeah, i i no, would you i was uh, a little surprised that was better. You know, they're, they're they're definitely joining the leading their teams to bigger conferences was a, a big deal um okay number one on the list is mario cristobal from oregon just a very very solid uh, start for his tenure there. They went 12 and one or 12 and two in, uh, 2019, won the Rose Bowl. And last season, you can kind of forgive the four and three just because they had so many opt outs before the year. They did win the, the Pac 12 though. So <laughs> it's despite true. not Didn't winning win the North, North, they won the Pac 12. So it wasn't all bad. Yeah. And yep. the recruiting is, is really where, where he stands out. Three straight years with the top class in the Pac 12. He has them now at, you know, they're the strongest program right now in the, in the Pac-12, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, uh, there's really no doubt about that, uh, when you combine recruiting and on-field production. And they should be good this year. Hopefully, uh, you know, Joe Moorhead can get that offense, uh, to another level and the defense can probably be, uh, this year be a little more stable since they won't have those opt-outs. So it should be a big year, uh, in Eugene as long as, you know, Anthony Brown, that QB position is solid. So. Cristobal has done great. And I even give him credit for what he did at FIU. Um, he took over a horrible program and he had a couple of winning seasons. I know the last year was a little bit of a struggle, but hey, having a couple of winning years for a program that was in the toilet for such a long time there. Uh, he's a good coach. There's no doubt. He had T.Y. Hilton there. Yeah. And the other thing I like about I Cristobal is I feel like for the most part, he's made very good coordinator hires, especially defensively. Um, but, Jim uh, Miller. Offensively, maybe Marcus Arroyo, the one exception, but I love the hire of Joe Moorhead. <laughs> Poor Marcus Arroyo. <laughs> hey, he's the head coach now, so he's doing okay. Yeah, I guess he is. Um, all right, let's uh, show the final list for our YouTube viewers. And uh, Trey, what do you think? What are your overall thoughts here? Yeah, I just think compared to most of the other conferences, this is one that's the most fluid and less sticky, meaning like these rankings I think could shift fairly significantly just based on one more data point, one more uh, season of 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 activity. Um, no one in – Michael, I think you mentioned it earlier. No one in this 3 through 10 range is set in stone at all. No. Yeah, I think uh... – Trey's being a little politically correct with his answer there. Uh, this conference stinks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. The coaches? Uh, yeah. This is a weak coach. This is the weakest Power 5 uh, coaching conference. I don't think there's really any doubt, unless you're a Pac-12 homer, uh, which maybe Michael is. But uh, No, no I, no. I call it like I see it, and I, I would agree with you. Yeah. It, it looks like the weakest crop of coaches. I mean, maybe some of them, there's still some un- unknowns that could prove us wrong, like – yeah. Um, Nick Rolovich, uh, going through the list here. Jed Maybe Fish, Chip knows? I mean, somehow turns the UCLA program up. Uh, Jimmy Lake could be great. We don't know yet, but, but yeah, for, for right now, I think it is the, yeah. the weakest crop of coaches. Yeah. Unfortunately. 
But hey, this is like Trey said, though, this should be one of their stronger years coming up here. So a lot of returning production, like across the board in the conference. So. Okay, well, that'll do it for the Pac-12 rankings episode. Tomorrow is the SEC, uh, so we could really use your help spreading the word about uh, that episode because I'm sure there's a, you know, a lot of fans down south that uh, hopefully would like to watch it. So give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. We really appreciate that. Uh, and we will talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.